Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 134 of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, the podcast that brings you backstage as close as you possibly can be, often while the shows are actually happening, to meet the people that make that theater happen. Just a quick reminder that you can download and subscribe to the podcast from the Apple Podcast app or from iTunes. That way your feed will be automatically updated when we release our episodes, but you can also listen to us on many other fine podcast streaming services such as Stitcher and Google Play. While you're there... Please rate and review our podcast if you have a spare 30 seconds and help us reach more theater lovers and professionals out there around the globe. And now for this week's podcast. There is a new theater in London, and there is a London debut to mark its opening. The Boulevard Theater, right smack bang in the middle of Soho, is London's most technologically advanced theater with a capacity of 165 and featuring a full revolving balcony and auditorium. That just gets me super excited. And what also gets me excited is the show that's going to open the theater, David Malloy's Ghost Quartet. Now, you may not have heard of it, and it's probably because it's never played London, but you have most likely heard of David or his shows before. Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812 being his most high-profile offering, picking up 12 nominations in the 2016-2017 Broadway season, winning many, many awards on its way there during its off-Broadway run. Other shows of Malloy's includes Preludes, which you may have heard of. Uh, it opened at the Lincoln Center in New York in 2015, but it is currently running in London at the Southwark Playhouse. But we're here to talk about Ghost Quartet, a song cycle, a staged concept album, if you will, about love, death, and whiskey. It's a series of songs that take you through the interwoven previous lives of four characters' collective histories. Um, I may have made that sound confusing. It's not. It all comes together beautifully. It's a fascinating concept, and I, for one, cannot wait to see it. Carly Bodden, Niccolò Carani, Maimuna Memon, and Zubin Varla will star in what is a heavy-hitting West End cast. Now, I sat down with Malloy last week to chat to him about the concept of Ghost Quartet, its London premiere, and working with the creative team that drove the success of the Pie Shop Sweeney Todd, which ran for ages in Tooting here in London, in the West End, and in New York. Have a listen. Ghost Quartet isn't a known London property. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's London premiere. It's London up. premiere. Yeah. So I was, I was hoping for maybe a little, um, you know, a potted history of it. Sure. Um, or, and a little bit about what it is, because it's not your everyday... Um, book musical shall we say yeah it's a pretty uh uh it's a pretty experimental musical yeah uh in in you know to me i i think all the best ways and uh uh yeah that piece has a i mean the, the history of that the writing of that piece was very very particular in that it was very much written for the original four performers which okay. was myself yeah. and just three dear oh, friends of mine amazing and uh two of those friends uh starred in great comets so, okay uh, britain ashford and gelsey bell played sonia and mary in the very, very first off-off-Broadway production of Great Comedy wow. in the 80-seat theater, and yeah. they premiered it on Broadway as well. Love feet. I yeah. love it when people, somebody people. Goes, goes all the way, yeah. like, takes the whole journey with you. And that was actually most of that cast. I think, really? it was like, I think it was like seven or eight people of the ten you know, core That's people so did cool. the entire journey. So, like, so we were cool. such a family, oh, uh, and we still are to this day, like, yeah, such yeah. a family. 
Um, but so I was, you know, just like became dear, dear friends with both of them and just loved both of their voices so mm-hmm. much. And they had smaller roles, you know, they weren't the lead roles. In yeah. They had incredible roles. And, you know, Britain had Sonia alone, which brought down the house every night. And, um, and, but I just really wanted to write a piece for their voices and like yeah. really featuring their two voices. And at the same time, uh, one of the cello players in Great Comet, Brent Arnold, is also this incredible singer-songwriter and, and you know, has a rich baritone voice and plays every string instrument under the sun. Shouldn't song. every cellist have a rich baritone Absolutely. voice? Absolutely, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, and that wasn't being sexist. I'm just saying that men yeah. did have or, that. Or a, or a, a hearty a alto. Very hearty alto. Yeah. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Thank you, Dave, for saving yeah. us. <laughs> And so literally the four of us were like hanging out at Brent's apartment one night, drinking whiskey and playing Risk, the board game Risk. Okay. And um, and I they just like had this like kind of brainstorm moment of like looking around at the, the, the these three incredible musicians. And Each like, holding a different type of whiskey? Was it, you know, I Maker's all, Mark? I, was it I think Maker's actually, Mark I actually think it might have been Maker's Mark <laughs> that night. Um, we all had the same whiskey that night, but... Um, but yeah, and I was just like, oh my God, like I, I should write, you know, the four of us should do a show. Mm-hmm. And like, I want to write a show that like features the three of you because like you're such incredible performers. And so they were like, yeah, absolutely, let's do that. What would it be? And then we like started talking and we kind of came across, uh, stumbled on the idea of telling ghost stories. Yeah. And all of us kind of write melancholy music. You know, most of our songs have a sort of <laughs> a sort of lilting wistful ghostly quality mm-hmm. um so it just felt like the right fit and so we kind of like met a couple times and just talked about ghost stories and talked about music we love and things we wanted to do on stage and yeah and then i kind of went off with that <clears throat> and wrote like this sprawling mess of a libretto that was really i was very very free when i first started writing i was just kind of writing all these different ghost stories and different songs that might be about ghosts and then we kind of got together. We did a workshop of it in Berkeley, California, and had like you know note cards spread all over the floor. And I think originally there were like, you know, thirty-five or something different characters. You know, like Robin Hood was a character, and there was a, a judge and a scientist, and Scheherazade was a character, yeah. and Thelonious Monk was a yeah. character. And little by little, we started like kind of like whittling that down together. Like, what's most compelling to us? What if we combine these two characters? And we stumbled across. Like, you know, again, through conversations, this very complicated narrative weaving these four different stories of Mm. four different people across seven different centuries. So one is in like Scheherazade's time. One is a kind of perverted grim fairy tale. One is based on Edgar Allan Poe's The House of Usher. And one is a contemporary story set at a, a, based on a a New York Post photo of someone about to be hit by a subway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um... And so, yeah, we kind of started spinning these four tales and then kind of stumbled across the idea of, like, well, what if these four, the characters in each of these four stories are kind of reincarnations of themselves. And mm. so it's, so it, the piece is very much a puzzle and the piece is told completely out of order and it's, like, deliberately confusing. Uh, and the idea is that at a certain point you kind of let go of the narrative and yeah. flow with it and it's very much an emotional piece. And it's yeah. a piece that's so music-driven and because of that, the... You know the staging is very minimal. Although you know we'll see. Don't what this know. Production like, well, listen, yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll yeah. see. Well, listen. I think it's a, a lot of the um, excitement has come from the fact that Ghost uh, Quartet hasn't been done in London. Also, no production has been in London. Yeah. All the space since it's been revamped. And um, you know, oh, the space and, is and beautiful. The, you know, we're all looking forward to having. 
uh, look at how the, the new, the, you know, the most technological, lightly sure. advanced revolve, you know, it's yeah. a revolving theater. You know? <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. But, um, you know, you just spoke about the, the different music as well, is that um, song cycles aren't necessarily done here. Mm. You know, it's, a, it's, 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 it's something that's kind of in the American vernacular. I don't yeah. think it's very much... Uh, well, it, even in America, it's a, it's a kind of obscure obscure art form I yeah. think the song cycle and like for me like Schubert is actually like where it comes from you know, right. Vin- and I did a piece based on Vinterreiser okay. many years ago um, but like even in you know American composers I don't think it's something that is super well known you know yeah mm-hmm. the cast recording is, um, is I, I love it because it's, it spans so many I mean I'm a music fiend mm-hmm. and I just uh, I love all types you know my son's choristers at Southern Cathedral so yeah, yeah. that was something that was introduced to me with the English choral tradition mm-hmm. and getting that rich kind of it but also you know I used to play drums in an Americana folk band you know so yeah, it's, yeah. it's that kind of I'm uh, exactly I, you the know, same I, I love yeah. it all and so for me the, the, the great thing about a song is it takes you the journey that you can take mm-hmm. on this and love the different sounds that you have incorporated into the music so in your writing of the song cycles, were you conscious of getting as much in there, the different flavors? Because I think if somebody doesn't just get the discordant, almost opening of it into this lovely melodies of mm. and the whiskey tasting, you know, the, sure. the, 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 the fun that it takes, it takes you, feels New Orleans, or it feels like industrial at one point, feels mm-hmm. slightly classical at another point. Yeah, yeah. Um, was that something you were consciously? Looking yeah, down. I mean, I think that that's something I'm conscious of actually in on all of my work, like okay. in just like being really, really uh, diverse and just kind of pulling from everything in terms of trying trying to make something that sounds new, you know, yeah. like like trying to taking disparate musical styles and mashing them together into something unexpected. And, I, and I'm the same way in terms of like my own like musical history is like yeah. I very much grew up on like obviously 80s pop but also my you know yes. parents you know like listening to the Beatles and the Rolling Stones but then my dad was also a big jazz buff so okay. also like growing up on John Coltrane and Miles Davis yeah. and and then I went to school and became a classical junkie and like you know p- piano literature in particular mm-hmm. and uh, and also like sang in choirs all through high school and, and, and college and so the rich choral tradition like yeah. and some of my favorite writing is to do is choral writing Me too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, actually, the craziest part of my music education, I feel like, is I, I moved to San Francisco after college, and I worked in Amoeba Music, which is like the largest independent record store in America. Okay. And I got such an education there, because they had experts on every field of music there. And so I was like, industrial music, I don't really know what that is. So mm. I just go to the industrial guy and be like, hey, what are like the 10 best industrial albums mm. ever made? And they'd be like, here's Throbbing Gristle. <laughs> and, you know, and so like, I just learned so much about music from that and I've just kind of always you know embraced everything yeah. and I love listening to music on shuffle and being surprised by what comes next and uh, so so yeah and like and like with, with with telling the idea of telling ghost stories like there's so many ver- so many versions of that that go through music like mm. there's there's murder ballad traditions there's also like you know like the really discordant stuff like George Crumb was a huge influence for this okay. piece who's a you know very experimental and strange American composer that I, I'm obsessed with and um yeah, so just kind of pulling on all those all those different things. The creative team, you know, uh, the design team, and um, and you've got Bill Buckhurst too. Yes. You know, so you've got the Sweeney Todd. Now, we knew about Sweeney Todd here in London forever. I mean, it was the one that everyone went down to tuning to see, you know, mm. in, the, in the pie shop. And um, and it's had an incredible run. There's two sides to this question. How much is it a blessing, but also how much is it a curse? Because these guys have come through and the mm. expectation may be off the charts. Oh. But it's still <laughs> it's still a something that's new. Again, in a yeah. new production for London, new space, you know, a creative team that had a 
fantastic sellout hit across both sides of the Atlantic. When you guys got into the room for the first day, there must have been conversations around that. Um, and and what have those been like? Um, I mean, for me, so I, you know, I, I, I guess for me, I didn't quite, I don't, I still don't quite know like what that show was over here. Right. You know, like yeah, it yeah, sounds, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously it sounds like it was a, a real runaway smash, but it I, was, I yeah. you know, I got to see it in New York at the mm-hmm. Barrow Street and like, I had been hearing about it for, you know, I actually saw it towards the end of its run yeah. in, at Barrow Street and I've been hearing about it for years and actually Sweeney Todd is like one of the sometimes that I know the, the best right. and I've seen many, many productions and I saw, but when I saw that production at Barrow Street, I was completely blown away by yeah. it. Like I just loved it so much and like, honestly, like the, the musical arrangement of it, like the pairing it down to mm. what I think it was like piano and clarinet yeah. and, and violin or something yeah. and, and no microphones, like I was just so, so struck by it. Um, so when Bill contacted me about like, hey, I've been listening to your Ghost Quartet and I want to adapt it, I was like, you know, put on a production of it. Mm. And I was like, absolutely. Like I had such trust in him because mm. I had seen him take one of my favorite musicals and do like incredible, extraordinary things with it. And when yeah. he said that they were like th- getting that whole team back together, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah. And one of the things I was most thrilled about is I asked him, you know, did you ever see Ghost Quartet in New York? And he's like, no. Um, and I'm like. Good. Was good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's only heard the music, so he's heard the album. And like we made our, you know, we I had a brilliant director Annie Tip okay. uh, was who did our production of it, and then a brilliant designer Christopher Bowser, and he was our set and lighting designer. And it was really just the six of us. It was the four cast members and those two, and that was it. Wow. We were the six people That's who made a that show. Small team. Yeah. Like a small company, I should say. And yeah. it was really coming off of Comet. It's like Comet had yeah. just like transferred off Broadway, and suddenly there were hundreds of people involved in Great Comet. And I was like, oh, this is amazing, but also like this is overwhelming and I want to do something small. Um, so Ghost Quartet was very much, you know, designed intentionally very small. Like we yeah. didn't bring in. I I ran the soundboard in the first production of it. Like, oh wow! <laughs> while playing the I piano. love this day. Yeah, I love we eventually did like start bringing on like a stage manager <laughs> sound when we started touring it. But um, I love our version of the show that yeah. we made with Annie and, and with Chris, and uh, we've toured that show all over. We actually were in Edinburgh with that production, yeah. and I love that version of the show, and I know that we'll do that show again. And like we, you know, we still dream about like we want to do it in Tokyo someday <laughs> you know um, but at the same time I'm so thrilled to see well what does someone else do with this piece mm. and the piece is very much written like the score is pretty much in mostly in lead sheet style okay so the vocal lines are all written out yeah. the cor- you know the chords are written there and like the key instrumental lines but other than that it's like really like, go free for it? yeah yeah because like you know I don't expect anyone to ever cast this show with you know a tenor who plays piano and ukulele and a baritone who plays cello and yeah. air who and guitar <laughs> you know and a a soprano who plays Celtic harp and you know yeah so it's very much open to what are the strengths of the four performers you get together and what you know, instruments do they play and how can you rearrange this music so I, I can't wait to hear both what they do with it musically in yeah. terms of the rearrangements and like you know there's no stage directions in the script it's yeah. just like here are these you know 20 or whatever songs and you know, part three should be in the dark, and then you pass out whiskey in this song, and that's about it. You know, so I can't wait to see what Bill and his team bring to it, and I've really given them carte blanche, like oh. you know, go wild. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fantastic. It would be remiss of me not to talk about or ask you about Natasha Pierre. Oh sure, great comedies, yeah. and because it was such a huge success. Yeah, like was it twelve Tony nominations? Sure, <laughs> yeah, it sure. was twelve. And yeah, yeah great. Um, you know that kind of success um, must. And, and it must feel great, but does it open up doors to, for people to come and go, actually, now that you've done that, and I'm sure Natasha's going places, and, and you know, you've won so many awards, Dave, for a great, you know, for, you have, you know, I've had a little look, a little bit of digging, but you, what you do, you bring a fresh 
I think, fresh voice to musical theatre. And so, are people coming to you to look at your back catalogue or look at the things you've done before, and has it just opened a few more avenues that weren't there before mm -hmm. uh, Comet? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so many things have come from Comet. I mean, the the last show I did this year was Octet, which was a piece at the Signature Theatre. Oh, but the, um, yes. I, 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 I hope we get to see that. I hope. Oh, I me hope. too. Yeah, I yeah. I really do hope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, I'm actually, we're in the process of mixing that album right oh, now. Oh, really? So I've like, had that in my it is, It is acapella, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah. no instruments, it's just eight parts. Exactly. From it. Oh, my God. Yeah, just wait. eight voices. Like, you literally yeah. speak in my language. I, I oh, cannot good, good. wait to hear yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt oh. You. oh, no, not at all. But I mean, but that piece, you know, I, that is a, I'm in residency at the Signature Theater now. Mm. And like that piece because the artistic director of the Signature Theater... Uh, Paige Evans was also, she had been the artistic director of Lincoln Center Theater 3, which is where Preludes premiered. And okay. the reason that they commissioned Preludes is because they had seen Great Comet. You know, they were like, Amazing. oh, we saw Great Comet, we love your work, like, what would you want to do if you came to Lincoln Center? And so, yeah, from there, and, you know, the other opportunities have come up, and the you know, shows I'm working on that I can't talk about yet are, are happening. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I think also, like, you know, Moby Dick is the next big show I have yeah. coming up, and I think the success of Comet, like, allowed you know, people to see, like, oh, like, you know, this, this is a gigantic novel, like, an ad a musical adaptation of a gigantic classic no yeah. novel, like, we're not afraid of that. Like, uh, you know, we, we've seen how this can be done, and so ART is putting that on ART head comment as well, right, and yeah. so they have such faith in Rachel and I as a team, and uh, we can't wait to to do it again with a totally different book. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> I really do. I hope we get more of your work over here. I really Me too. Do. Me too. Um, you know, it's, I think people are itching for live entertainment these days, mm. you know, we get screen time screen time screen time and you know sure. more and more theaters opening up i love the fact that we've got new theaters in london opening up all the time you know yeah. and um and i'm glad to see you over here please come back we'll do thanks Absolutely. Dave. thank, thank you, you. writer david malloy there talking about a show ghost quartet about to open the boulevard theater in its first ever production i for one cannot wait to go in it you can't wait to see David's work. His musical Preludes is playing at the Southern Playhouse until the 12th of October. Now, before I go, just a few housekeeping notes. If you're a theater professional, head on over to curtaincallonline.com and sign up for a free profile page. All you have to do is create an account with an email address, make up a cool password, and away you go. You can follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Curtain Call, and you can follow me, at John Schwab. We'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast. Get in touch with us via any of the social media platforms I just mentioned or write to me personally at john at curtaincallonline.com. It just leaves me to say a huge thank you to Dave Malloy for his time, and I'd like to wish him and the entire company of Ghost Quartet the best of British in their run at the Boulevard Theatre. It will run from the 24th of October 2019 to the 4th of January 2020, and I will put links for tickets in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Curtain Call Theatre Podcast, and I will catch you all next week. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together 
we rise.